This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. The best of Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. I hope your weekend has started well. I'm with you for the next couple of hours to ease you gently into your Saturday morning. In an hour's time, I'll be in conversation and I'll be telling you who I'll be talking to this week a little bit later on. Before that, I'll give you a chance to catch up on some of the best bits from the 4am spike this week. What do you mean you missed some of the programme? I expect a note from your parents or your doctor at the very least. So over the next hour, the best of Steve Allen. You'll hear what grabbed my attention over the past week from the massive stories we've all been reading and talking about to the barely Z-listers that we have to Google just to remember who they even are. Don't bother please texting, tweeting or emailing me about what you're having for breakfast, because I don't care, or what your favourite biscuit is. I couldn't care less at the best of times anyway. I'm Steve Allen and I'm with you until 7 o'clock this Saturday morning. So sit back, open your ears and enjoy the conversation. Colleen Nolan, 20,000 people plus have called for her sacking from Loose Women for her bullying of Kim Woodward. Now, whether or not you like Kim or not is totally immaterial. What she did was wrong. I don't think she should be fired, but 20,000 people is a lot of people. They're hoping for 25,000 and they're, they're looking for... They don't like her. They don't like her at all. She's a snidey little person. They, they just don't like her. I would have thought, though, you'd be firing the producer first. A totally useless uh, person. You know, I should imagine she's probably fearing for a job at the same time. You know, she'll be sitting there, you know, going, oh, I don't know, you know. Well, probably in a slightly higher pitch voice, sort of debating whether to go. Because you can't get... Why would you get rid of the presenter? It was encouraged by the producer. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. If only we knew who it was, ladies and gentlemen. If only we could find out by some, you know, fair means, fair means or foul. In fact, then we could start our own petition of getting rid of the producer. Yeah, pl- please do not text who, who it is, because the producer thinks he knows. Well, he knows of her. So uh, so that's that. So we'll sort that one out a bit later. Uh, what yeah, so 20,000 people have called for Colleen Nolan to be fired. I've never, seriously, I've never heard of such a thing in my life. I really haven't. 20,000 is an extraordinary amount of people. But uh, then it was announced on Friday that she was going to be making an announcement today. Shall I tell you what the announcement is? She's going on tour. Not an apology, not anything else. Now, you watch. You mark my words. You mark my words that the uh, the loose women will brown nose her like there's no tomorrow today. Oh, you're so marvellous, Colleen. You'll be so good at going out there. You'll never see such sycophancy in your entire life. It'll be revolting to watch. They won't mention her bullying. They won't mention the fact that 20,000 people will not be buying tickets, which leaves most of the venues looking empty. She's going to be singing, apparently. <laughs> what for? What for? I mean, she says 50... She's only 53. I thought she was about 65. I seriously had to... 53? You could have knocked me down. I had no idea. No idea. But anyway, she, she's going on tour, and that was, the, that was the stunning revelation that she was coming up with the other day. Yes, Colleen Nolan. The, the picture on the front of the mirror is her airbrushed within an inch of her life. Unfortunately, she says, I've had a tough year. What, 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 what's happened, darling? Run out of fags? What's happened? What, what do you mean, a tough year? I don't understand it. But uh, will will people be booking to see her? I can't see why. If 20,000 people are calling for her firing, that would presumably make up the people who would be buying tickets for this uh, little show. I can't see anything else, actually. <laughs> oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Oh, and... Uh, yes, so so we're, we're still calling for the producer to be fired on this thing. 
But uh, I have I have some more updates. I don't know. Can I can I do these uh, updates? I don't know if I can do the updates on this thing because somebody's just tweeted me some stuff which is confidential quite clearly, and I don't know whether or not to sort of to read it to you. I'll I'll do it during the break. Yes. Uh, which is lovely. Apparently, the producer listens back to all of the shows. Well, do the decent thing and resign. Do the decent thing. Be a, be a man or woman or whatever you are and fall on your own petard. Oh, come on. You know, you can be hoisted by it. I think you could fall on it at the same time. Anyway, we'll come round to that one. That's a lovely one. Thank you so much for that. Um, actually, the more I think about it, 20,000 people have called for Colleen Nolan to be fired. 20,000 people. Are they all... Do you think they would be phantom voters? You know, like some people have phantom tweets. You can always tell, can't you? Because they go from having quite a lot to hardly having any at all. And you know that they've bought them because they're fake and fraudulent. You know, I wonder really whether or not it's like that. Perhaps this... I mean, there can't be 20,000 sane people who would vote to get rid of her. What for? As I say, the producer was the one who set it up. He or she should definitely go. Do everybody a big favour. Where they go from there, I can't imagine, but I'm sure they'll find something. Advertise hair care. I so want to tell you what, what this what this tweet says. I so want to tell you, but um, I can't tell you at the moment. I'll have to, to wait for it. I know, it's so annoying, isn't it? Got to wait five. It'll be the first time we've hit the quarter past break actually on the button. <laughs> so exciting. Yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can see it, yes. Yes. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's amazing, isn't it? My, my. My, my, my. Morning. Morning. <laughs> Very rare that we get uh, Darren in the studio at this time of the morning, but it was worth it for that. <laughs> worth it for that one. This is the best of Steve Allen on LBC. Some same-sex couples will be dancing uh, on um, Strictly. Pasha Kovalev. And AJ Pritchard will perform together in some routines throughout the series. Yeah, but it's, and I know it's same sex, but they're not gay, are they? So it kind of defeats the object. What's the point? So too will Karen Clifton and a female dance pal yet to be chosen. What's the point of that? How stupid of the BBC. I'm surprised really you haven't thought about the ethnicity. You know, could we have a Chinese gay in there and sort of. Because just putting two boys together dancing is not same sex prose. You know, when when all the people before, Bruno Tony, you sometimes magic, you put your passion into, I could feel it, feel it. Something the matter with him, I think. And um, and so they're going to put same-sex couples in. But these aren't gay couples, these are heterosexuals pretending to be puffy boys. I mean, I'm not I'm not entirely sure how that works on the BBC. Why do they not get the, the whole thing? The whole idea was people wanted same-sex couples. Same-sex as in gay couples, two men... Dancing together. These are two straight boys. What's the point of that? The more you'll just all hold hands and do ring-a-ring-a-roses. I can't think of any other reason. Yeah, put Richard Cole back on and put him with his boyfriend or something like that. Well, then we could understand it. Or put him with a gay professional dancer. But two straight boys and Karen Clifton and another girl. Are we supposed to... I mean, I don't understand it. I think, I think it's quite insulting, really. Uh, Ranj Singh, who, as you know, is gay, just in case you've been on another planet. Can't wait to tell you. He says, I'd love a male dance partner. It would be progressive. No, wouldn't it be pandering to the, uh, to the weakest link? You don't want a same-sex dance partner. Don't be so silly. It just sounds ridiculous. The Beeb said, choreographers create stunning routines that showcase our dancers' skills. They can cast and direct the dancers. However, they think uh, the best tells the story. What? 
You're on drugs or something. What you say? So choreographers create stunning routines that showcase our dancers' skills. They can cast and direct the dancers however they think best, tells the story. What are you on? What a stupid thing to say, honestly. It's a choreographer. They just do choreographing of dancing. Oh, God, it's all in this morning, isn't it? You don't dance. I know you don't dance. I've heard from people. You don't dance. Is it because he's French? Well, the French don't dance. Have you seen the French dancing? They don't dance. You don't dance. You cook. Everybody does different things. The Italians dance and cook. But the French just basically attack our scallop boats. Want to make a big deal about it or start a diplomatic incident. But you only have to mention the French to me and immediately I think of... Do you know that one of our boats is being sued by some French captain because he says he was rammed? Lucky to get the opportunity, dear, in the middle of the sea. And it's all because the French government set down the laws of who can dredge scallops and the French can't do it till October and you've got to wait a month. Honestly, ridiculous. The best of Steve Allen on LBC. Is 2018 going to be a vintage Steve Allen year where the Twickenham Christmas light switch on is concerned? Strangely enough, actually, strangely enough, somebody asked me about that the other day. Somebody asked me, are you going to be turning on the Christmas... I think these are the people who organise it. Are you going to be turning on the Christmas lights? Because I didn't do it last year. I think, to be honest with you, I've done it more times than anybody. It's always, it's always quite interesting because we're not exactly, you know, Oxford Street or something like that. Just a little town. Just a little town. You know, there's not much to us. We've got a couple of shops and kebab and Kentucky and things like that. So will I turn on the lights? I don't know. I've got to decide, actually, on when it is... And and, um, and and how it fits in with it. Very busy. Very busy at this time of year. Why can't I do Oxford Street? Because Oxford Street always goes to... Did Roman and Vic do it? Oh, do they? Oh, well, I can't, I'm not on the same level. Roman wants to host the Brits. That's what it said in one of the papers. Might be wrong, I don't know. And Vic's very busy with, with the Strictly. But uh, no, they always go for sort of people like that. People who are attractive. There's no point in sticking me up there, me, me little old flashamac. You know, standing up there going, I declare these lights open, you know, that kind of thing. Because I'm not sure whether their ones work the same as ours do. And <laughs> because when we had them before, they, they, you push, no, you, you pull a lever. It's not actually connected to anything at all. What they've got is people on walkie-talkies at every lamppost. They go, because most of them are Polish, and they're able to go, now. That's the, the one key word. When I go three, two, well, ten, nine, or whatever it was, and then, you know, Merry Christmas, and you go, now, and then all the lights come on, except for the one person at the end who's deaf and having a chat to his mates, in which case he kind of forgets it, which is, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I do like it. I did, I did look at Christmas lights the other day. It's not normal, is it? I'll tell you, there's something the matter with me. I've quite clearly dropped on my head as a child. This is LBC. Here, Steve Allen live. Every Sunday morning from five and Monday to Friday morning from four. That's an interesting scenario. If they kick uh, Colleen Nolan off uh, Loose Women. Has she ever sold any records of her singing on her own, says Ian? No. No. And uh, nobody's ever heard her singing full stop because I don't think she can. She's an old woman. She can barely breathe. She's a smoker. She's a smoker, she's a heavy smoker. <sighs> she told us years ago, do you remember about a year ago, 18 months ago, somebody said to her, you need to stop smoking, it's going to kill you. And also you need to lose weight. Yeah, I'll do that. And she's done nothing, done nothing. All the pictures are so airbrushed and so made up, it's, it's almost like looking at another person. But uh, she's never sold records of her singing. She wasn't on any of the Nolan's hit singles. She was just a little child. She did La La's and that was it. Who's going to see her? I don't know. I don't know, Ian. 
Even old stars, he says, struggle to fill a theatre. They do. Oldest, look at Peter Andre. He's an old... Well, he's not a star, is he? But, I mean, he can't fill a theatre for love nor money. He's stupidly booked in, uh, you know, a little sort of go in Australia. And he is Australian, isn't he, I think, or something. I don't know. Perhaps he's Greek or part Australia. I don't know, whatever it is. Anyway, and uh, and he none of those those shows uh, sold out, so it wasn't worth his while doing it. It had been the embarrassment of all embarrassments. The papers would have picked up, and here's him singing on stage, I love you because you understand me. And then they're going to cut to the audience, of which there'll be four people in the front row. I think it'll be the same for Colin. He grew up in Australia. Didn't grow very far mentally, did he, really, I suppose. But uh, poor old Pizza, he needs to get a job. But he, oh, he's got a job working with Sooty. Yeah, that, that'll pay a lot of money, not. And uh, and then he's got to look after, because now there's so many of them in the house, aren't there? There's Peter, his gorgeous wife, Ems, who's just so beautiful and wonderful and, oh, just like Mother Teresa. <laughs> and, and then you've got the two kids there, Princess and Prince, or oh, no, I can't remember what they're called. And, uh, and they're all living in the same house, and Pete's just sitting around twiddling his thumbs. Coffee shop went under. Everything's gone under, and now he just cancelled another date in the theatre. I think, again, again, due to lack of interest. I don't think people are interested in, you know... I mean, if, if you assembled One Direction, even the Spice Girls, I'm not totally convinced, could fill... You know, the, I think the, the deal is that they're going to fill Wembley three times. <sighs> not sure they are. I'm not sure they are, because they haven't got Victoria with them. And Victoria was basically... I mean, she was the one you went to watch. You went to watch Victoria. Not, not, not because she was any good. It's because you could see how bad she was. Stop right now. Thank you. So, Victoria, can you sing up a bit? Stop right now. Thank you very much. I need someone with a human touch. Hey, you. Victoria, can you mime this bit of the song? It'll be a lot easier. Well, I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. Honestly, isn't it funny? The only one who's done any good out of it is Sporty Spice and Baby. They're the only two who've done well out of it. Melanie Black... Uh, not Melanie Black. Melanie, Melanie Brown. Is it Melanie Brown? I can't remember what they're called now. Uh, sort of the, the semi-lead singer, the foul-mouthed one. She's, she's practically on her knees for money. And, uh, and Victoria Beckham, who's sort of not really in it anymore. But, I mean, her, her company lost eight and a half million. Thank God Dave's... T- oh, I don't know. Dave's not earning any money at the moment, is he? I think she rehearses with Dave. Rehearses with him? What do, yeah. Do you think Dave dances? No! We don't. No, we don't. Dave looks like he's an embarrassing dancer, you know, which must be really disappointing for the perfect family from hell. They really must be, because Brooklyn can't take photographs, can't make a cup of coffee. Romeo can't really sing. Then there's another one. And, um, and then, there's, then there's the girl. But she's, she's going to be a great equestrian. But uh, at the moment, they're all with uh, Uncle Elton and Auntie David over in the south of France and having a wonderful time. Well, Uncle Elton and Auntie David are having a wonderful time. The rest of the Beckhams, it's just another picture to print to go in the papers. It's going to backfire, I'm telling you. I can guarantee it now. Uh, they should rename themselves the Spice Grannies. And, uh, and George says, Peter Andre's got a new cooking show. And on Lorraine later to talk about it should be amazing. Oh, he's marvellous, isn't he? He tried DIY. That didn't work. He couldn't do anything in DIY. He'd never used a hammer before, quite clearly. And he's going to do a cooking show. Is he really? What sort of cooking show is Peter is Pizzakins going to be doing? We'll have a look at that in a moment. This is the best of Steve Allen on LBC. Thank you so much, George, for telling us about Peter Andre's new cooking show. We did have a look at it. It's not Peter Andre's cooking show, but it's gorgeous Emily. Emily is so talented and marvellous. So she's got Dr Emily's Healthy Snacks. And so we did discover a little clip of seeing just how involved Peter Andre becomes. So they're in the kitchen. Beautiful kitchen. It's obviously 
Nothing to do with him. And um, and she's there and she's sort of saying, oh, Pete likes this and all the rest of it. And then and Pete's helping out because Pete, Pete thinks he's a big star. And this is where it all went painfully wrong. This is a base, aren't we? There's the pistachios. We've got to start getting mm-hmm. all these ingredients in. So we've got dates. Good for a date night. Very good. Some seeds. Yep. We've got some mixed nuts here, everything from walnut to pecans. Pecans. Peter didn't know the nuts, I'm afraid. Peter was not too Basically, whatever nuts you want. Whatever nuts you want. Don't make me say it. Please don't make me say it. (laughs) And they're putting it all in the food mixer. And Pete, Pete is helping because Pete is a helping person. Because you remember him when he did the. That uh, Peter Andre 60-minute makeover took him two weeks, apparently, because Pete was so inept. I mean, at one point, he had to bang a nail in. I don't think he'd either seen a nail or a hammer. But uh, they're making all these little snacks at home. What does this bit pay? 1,000, 1,500 quid? Not going to live on that one, are we? Pete will have to start downsizing the house very shortly. But uh, so they they empty all these little things. As if anybody watching Lorraine, oh, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're marvellous, is seriously going to be putting all this... You won't know what half these nuts are, will you? They're not going to be on sale in the uh, in the little corner shop. Although, actually, that's probably where they are going to be on sale. But they put all these exciting things in there so Peter can have a little snack. He is a bit of a dingbat, isn't he? I mean, it's so sad. But he did cancel. So I hope he's recovered from his, you know, terminal illness that he had. Am I going to like this? Oh, here we go. This is the one, though, that is the magic ingredient. You say turmeric? I always say turmeric. I say turmeric. I say turmeric. Oh, really? Okay. Well, well whatever she said. This is fresh turmeric as well, which you can actually buy in the supermarket. It looks a little bit like ginger. So you grate it, but you've got to be careful. Peter's not never to seen turmeric. I call it turmeric. All oh, right. And he looks at her, like, and I'm thinking, do you live together? Have you ever have you ever had a turmeric in the kitchen? Poor old Pete, honestly, you know. Sort of well, well-meaning and well-intentioned, but just sadly, the lights are on, but nobody's home. The lift is not going to the top floor. Pete... Yeah, do you, do you call this turmeric? What, have you met her before? This is the wife. This is the one you're milking, you know, because so you've had, not milking, I mean, quite literally, but, you know, sort of for, for all the publicity, because you can't get it by yourself. So you've got to get it with her. She's doing better than you are, Pizzakins. That's a bit bad, isn't it? Never mind. Just, you know, gives us a laugh. The best of Steve Allen on LBC. Rude habits when you're home alone. Now, I don't want to go too much into it because we're seeing it on Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, with with Hardy picking his nose on tele- how disgusting! It really annoys me more than anything. But apparently, four in ten people—it's probably you lot—break wind when in uh, when in company, and three in ten pick their nose. Two thirds of people wander around their house naked. Who does that? Who walks about naked? Although only when they're by themselves or with their partner. More than half said they watch pornography when home alone. Eight in ten confess to binge watching. TV shows, often fibbing to partners they'd been busy all day, and one-fifth said they spied on their neighbours. Lord, six in ten loved singing and dancing when home alone, and um, and one, one-fifth made sure their curtains were shut. Well, you are, if you're wandering around naked. Who wanders around naked? Good Lord, I mean, nobody. Unless you're on Love Island, in which case, you know, you're used to being an exhibitionist, but I mean, apart from that, you're not going to be wandering around, are you? It's like, I was watching... I have, I've never walked around naked. Of course not. It'd be silly. I've got to have some a pair of shorts on or something like that. Or pants. Never naked. Not in a mid... Oh, I can't think of anything worse. Makes me... Fills me with absolute horror. You just imagine. Just imagine... Oh, I've done here. I've got my thing all wrong. Imagine if you actually... Sorry? 
Do I spy? Of course, I don't spy on the neighbours. They're probably spying on me, though, you know, seeing if I've got any celebrity chums in the house, things like that. No, no, I don't need to spy on them. We've got CCTV. <laughs> We've got 16 cameras. I can, I can go around the entire building on, on cameras. They all come up on my TV and I can look at them. And that's always very interesting. <laughs> I don't want you to think it's anything. It's not some sort of perversion or something. It's just that you sort of just like to check. You hear a noise. You think, I wonder what that is. Click. I could do the front door, entrance halls, corridors, back doors, everything. I could, I could see everything. And then it's, it's sort of, it, it's, it, you know, it's only at night time when you click on and all our cameras are night time as well. And you see somebody moving. Like, Who's that? Who's that? You think, and you sit there and you become transfixed by it. But uh, no, I don't spy on the neighbours. Heavens above. They're not exciting enough. And uh, Steve, uh, sleeping naked is good for men's health, according to many studies. Well, I'm not doing it. My mother always said to me, just imagine if you're sleeping naked and there's a fire or something like that and you've got to rush outside naked. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I'm always going to... I'm not fully clothed, but, you know, I can sort of get away with a T-shirt or something like that. And then somebody else says, what, um, what's wrong with walking around naked as long as you keep the curtain shut? What's the point? What is the point? Producer thinks you're slightly peculiar, and that's, and that's an underestimation of what he said. But, I mean, why would you want to walk around? What's the point of walking around naked? Unless you've taught it to hold a teapot or something like that. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if it's got a mind of its own? Don't worry, mine holds a tray. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I've never heard anything like it. Why would you want to go around the house naked? As I say, if you taught it to do tricks, I could understand it. You know, juggle or something like that. What kind of camera, says James, you use to check the back door? Um, I don't know. We, we put in the system years ago and we just added, I think, another six cameras to it. I think so. <laughs> Will Guyatt. I always get Will Guyatt every so often. I don't know why, actually. But um, uh, another one here says... Oh, wait a minute. I've just lost it. Actually, Will Guyatt says... Oh. A decade of international travel, fire alarms and earthquakes in the night means I have to wear clothes. If you need cameras, the ring alarms and video doorbells are great. Yeah, I mean, but then it also tells you... You imagine you're on your phone and you see somebody trying to break into your house. That would drive me mad. I'd become ill doing that. So we have it and, it, and it records onto hard disk as well, so we can always find people. Leading Britain's conversation, the best of Steve Allen on LBC. As you wander through the papers, you'll see a recurring theme. Roxanne Pallet. That's the, that's the theme. And so the Daily Star, Roxy, I was wrong. Forgive me. No, no, absolutely not. And I tell you why, because you were prepared to go through with it. You were prepared to see him kicked off the show. You were prepared to tell lies. And then, you know, when you got caught out and you suddenly realised that you'd made a big, big mistake, you started a backtrack. So the please forgive me bit has fallen on deaf ears. We don't, we don't want to forgive you, I'm afraid. I've had enough of people like you. People who go on there, people who've milked the system for ages and ages, made a, probably a small fortune out of it, which doesn't bother me. I understand how the other thing works. But uh, to go on there and try and destroy somebody else for no reason apart from your own self-gratification, forgive you, no chance. No chance. And I don't think anybody will. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about you. You know, I couldn't care less whether you have to go and get a job working in a supermarket, stacking shelves. Not my problem. The problem was you. The problem was you trying to basically wheedle your way out of a situation and come up with something which you obviously thought was going to sort of get you the public's sympathy. Well, it didn't. It didn't get the public's sympathy. The public saw through it. The public saw... Actually, a little bit quicker than normal for, for Big Brother. Normally, the uh, the Big Brother... Uh, 
you know, crowd are a bit sort of bit barking mad. We've seen a little bit of extra on the side where they drag out a few people from cemeteries to start talking about it. And, uh, and as, as, as people have said, you try to ruin somebody else's career and demeaned real victims at the same time. People who are the victims of domestic violence. There was no domestic violence there. And that's why somebody had to point it out to you. Either you're really, really thick or you're so calculating that you're prepared to watch somebody else's career collapse, you know, so that you can further your own. No, I hope they kick you out of pantomime. I hope they kick you off the radio station. I wouldn't want to listen to anybody like that. I really wouldn't. You know, going on two programmes, one a prereq, and even, even Emma Willis said, she said exactly the same thing. She said to Mr Vine, and she overreacted. But apparently, don't worry, she's come up with an excuse of why she overreacted. Because apparently there's something in the past which has made her fragile. Codswallop. Absolute codswallop. You know, and let's face it, you've sold every inch of your life so far, but uh, this time you've gone too far. And uh, I think you're now going to pay for it. So I want to see it collapse. Because it, you cannot have that. You ruin it for other people. And it's too serious to just be ignored. You know, to actually claim, oh, he hurt me. This was abuse. and No, it wasn't. This is the best of Steve Allen on LBC. The sexiest celeb do of the year. Yes, magazine has, you know, an award ceremony. It's, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's not, you know, it's not like children in need or it's not like, you know, make some noise or it's not like any of the other things, the variety company. It's just GQ magazine. So what do they do? They go, right, we've got to, got to make it better than last year. So, OK, we hire the, hire the same venue because it's quite good. And how do we get people there? I know, let's give Prince Charles an award. So, Charles, thank you very much, thank you. Uh, they give him all for, for philanthropist of the year. I'd like to see the list of things because he's privileged anyway. Of course, he's a philanthropist. What else is he going to be? Not going to be working in McDonald's, is he, anytime soon? And so they give him the award. Once you've got the, uh, the the main bit in, then you fill in the gaps. So they so they then phone up Kylie. Actually, they don't need to because she's going out with somebody who works for GQ. Can you give the award to Prince Charles? Oh, I should be so lucky. Yes, all right. Well, you just do it, dear. Forget about the singing. We don't want you to sing. Uh, wait a minute. Is, is Abby Clancy free? Is she ever? Is she ever? Do you think Peter Crouch will turn up? <laughs> Try and stop him. It's a free meal. It's a free. They'll, they'll be taking a goodie bag home. Then there was Kate Beckinsale who turned up wearing not very much, which is very sweet, dear. But you, you, you are remembering that you're at a do where there is royalty presence and you dress like that. I mean, really, it was a little bit embarrassing. I thought, you know, you might have thought it looked great, but I'm surprised somebody didn't shout out. I'm sorry, you're at the wrong convention, dear. Ladies of the night are down the road. What an outfit to wear. Rita Ora, of course, usual bits hanging out all over the place. So we, we put up with that. And then Professor Green, who quite clearly is an idiot of the First Order, he turns up with Caroline Flack. Obviously GQ have fallen off the radar if people like Caroline Flack are being invited. And then there was a few other... Naomi Campbell turned up late. I'd have gone, I'm sorry, love, it started. I'm Naomi Campbell. I couldn't care less who you are, love. You're just a clothes horse as far as I'm concerned. Out, 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 out. She turns up late to everything. She's just rude. She's not clever. She's not rude. She's not even great looking. She's got extensions in. She just minces up and down a catwalk. You know, you see queens doing it every day in Wardour Street. It's not complicated. And so she did that. And then she turns up late. What was that for? Just rude and offensive. But uh, never mind. Perhaps, uh, perhaps you'll be late for your own funeral one of these days. I've never been to one of these free dinner awards. I can't think of anything worse. I mean, it's, it, you know what it is. It's, they, they had the, um, I told you years ago, they had an award ceremony. What was it for? It was like a soap award thing. And they had all the clips of all the, the nominees. If they didn't show, they didn't put them in for it. So, in other words, they then swapped it and gave it to somebody who was there. Otherwise, you've got a whole load of people who don't bother going because it's just another free dinner. But for the GQ awards, they sort of go, it's very, I don't know anybody who reads GQ. Do you know anybody who reads it? I've never met anybody. 
Not in all my 40 years. I've never met anybody. Although I did used to use one of the assistant editors years ago as a regular on my programme. But, but I never read it. It was just a picture of people on catwalks. It was all a bit dreary, actually. So now they, they've hit on this thing. They all do it. You know, very shortly you'll have the Woman's Own Awards, you know, held at Pizzeria or something. And then you'll have sort of Cosmopolitan. They all do it because it's a way of getting publicity for their, their magazine. They'll all have gone home with a free copy of the magazine which, of course, is not really what they want. They want to make sure they go in with a picture of them with a, with a big celebrity. And the biggest one would have been Prince Charles. So to get it, you know, a, a dinner? So the editor is over him like a rash. Oh, come here, Prince Charles. Let me put my arms around you. Hello. Oh, this is lovely, isn't it? So it's just, it's just all made up. It's just a pile of poo. It is from start to finish. It's rubbish. But they all love it as if it was voted for by the English nation. You know, the, the few amount of readers that they've got nowadays wouldn't make any difference to them. Whether it was Peter Kraut, they'll just vote for somebody with big boobs. That's all, it, that's all that counts, isn't it, really? The best of Steve Allen on LBC. I quite fancy the idea of clotted cream, sometimes called scalded, clouted Devonshire. It's thick cream made by indirectly heating full cream cow's milk using steam or a water bath. And uh, it's got a crust on the top of it. I know that because when I went out with a friend of mine, Paul, we went and got um, an afternoon tea and it came with scones and the cream was like that. Lovely. There there is one company which produces 25 tonnes of clotted cream a day. A day. 25 tonnes of clotted cream a day. Sounds lovely. (laughs) That's we should have that now. I think it must be long. Oh, it does look nice, doesn't it? It forms an essential part of a cream tea. There you go. But they never give you enough of it, do they? They give you a little tiny pot. Like, Come on, stop being mean. Give us, a, give us a proper pot of clotted cream. Cream or jam first. I'm sorry, this is not BBC Local Radio. That'll be for BBC Radio Devon. Uh, because I, I do it one way. Other people do it another way. As far as I'm concerned, you can do what you like with it. You can just lie back, open your mouth, and we'll fill it up with jam and clotted cream, OK? You can make of that what you will. Ridiculous. I mean, quite clearly, as anybody will tell you, in Boscastle, and they should know, they've had their fair share of troubles, you put half and half, half cream, half jam, OK, on each side of it. I've always put jam on, and then I put the cream on the top, and I really don't care how you do it, OK? You can stick it under the sh- soles of your feet as well, because I don't care. I'm not remotely interested. Listen, I mean, it's, some people don't even like the jam. And also, should it be raspberry jam, strawberry jam, blackcurrant jam, apricot jam. Which one should it be? Let's... Why did you contact your local BBC station? The vicar doing the afternoon show today will be so thrilled. Oh, bless your heart for that. We've come up with another winning gem. So tell us now. Next on the line, it's it's Mary. Hello, Mary. You know, everything cleared up? OK. Uh, jam first or cream? It, yes, it, it's the Reverend Balls here. Yes. I'll just write that down. Mary, bless you. See you in church Sunday. OK, babe. Maybe not. And, uh, OK, on to the, onto the next... Co- that's how it goes. I mean, I really don't care. I'm really not bothered. 25 tonnes of cream, says Dallas. Do they have that many cows in Cornwall? It's not exactly known for dairy farming. I'm serious. I love Cornwall. It's got lovely fields. Devon and Cornwall. It's, it's all it's roughly the same, isn't it, really? But uh, nobody cares. Uh, clotted cream is delicious. We discovered a cheaper and generally more obtainable alternative, mascarpone cheese. Oh, it's not the same. I'm sorry. No, it's not the same, Guinevere. It can't be. It really can't be. Manuel says you can find clotted cream in a co-op. Thank you. Uh, Cream first. Axe is the spread, then the strawberry jam. Only strawberry, says Mike. No, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong, and I'm not entering into the debate on it. But the jam versus cream debate, Steve, reminds me of a fight my sister and I used to have as kids when having peanut butter on toast. She would smear butter, then the peanut butter, 
Whereas I just have the peanut butter. No, you put butter on, then the peanut butter. That's it. And it's got to be crunchy. Nobody has smooth. Seriously, it's as simple as that. I'm, I'm just telling you the basic facts. There's no good arguing with me about it. I'm always right, as you know. Shane has peanut butter on scones. What? Is it scones or scones? Is it aluminium or aluminium? You know, is it spliff or sploff? Who knows? Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? I get that one wrong. Eddie Mayer, did he? Oh, he asked somebody. Oh, good, I don't feel so bad, actually. My way is right, says a friend of mine. It's got jam first, cream second. The jam helps the cream to stick, whereas the cream wouldn't help the jam stick at all. I knew I was right. Always, always jam first, spread it over there, thick, thin, so entirely up to you, and then on the top of that, a big dollop of cream, and then shove it all in your mouth at the same time. <laughs> oh, dear. The correct pronunciation of said tea time tip, it is scone. Once you've eaten it, it's gone. It's... You're mad, aren't you? Why do I get people from local radio who've been rejected by their switchboard? Why do I get people? Dino says, what on earth has happened here? Has it turned into local radio? No, the, the thing is, it hasn't. It hasn't, I've decided. What about butter? What, what about butter? I don't know about butter. Why are people asking me? This is LBC. Here, Steve Allen live. Every Sunday morning from five and Monday to Friday morning from four. The hurricane fear, the Met Office have said the hurricane's coming. Probably this morning. Probably coming this morning. We'll be sitting here and all of a sudden the windows will blow in. It'll be like, you know, it's very exciting, isn't it, really? I, I quite like the idea. I mean... I know I haven't got any... I could paint windows. I think they, they should have painted windows in this studio to make it look as though I'm looking out of a window. Because I, I, I don't have a window here. I've got a door, but it's a very thin piece of glass. The door is so big. I mean, I seriously, that door must be about eight inches thick, isn't it, or something? I mean, there's seriously thick door. I don't know why. Why are doors so thick? Is it, I mean, is it soundproofing? No, they're not... No, I've, I must have the thickest doors going with a bit of glass, obviously, to make me feel as though I'm part of the outside world. Never works like that for me, though. <laughs> but they're so heavy. Seriously, I'm not surprised I've done my shoulder in. You sort of lean into it. And whenever I have guests in... Because yesterday I had a... Who did I have yesterday? Oh, Georgia Toffee. Toffolo. She came in. Big smile on her face. Boobies hanging out. I mean, honestly. I said to her, I said, what are you wearing? She went, it's nice outside. I said, well, they look quite nice inside, but I mean, really, we don't need that kind of, uh, that kind of thing going on. And so she, uh, she smiled all the way through. It was like a carry-on film. It really was. It was like a carry She smiled all the way through the interview. I said, I thought she was the youngest person I've ever interviewed. I don't think I've interviewed anybody that young. She's only 23. Seriously. And so she's got a book out, which is basically the world according to uh, Georgia Toffolo. And we talked about, you know, what she's done in a year. It's moved on It's moved on fairly quickly. And who was outside the front door? All the paparazzi. They were all waiting for it because yesterday there were loads of people. Rita Ora, I think, came in yesterday. And uh, who else? somebody else came in as well. But I mean, it, was, it was a non-stop parade of celebrities and me. And I walked out and one of the photographers said, Morning, Steve. And I went, Morning. Thinking, well, somebody knew who I was, but... Didn't get my picture taken. You imagine everywhere you go, people want to take your picture. How sad would that be? This is the best of Steve Allen on LBC. I went to this pub, which was called The Cricketers, and I had a cider. Now, I've never had a cider in my life. Seriously, I don't know how I've avoided having a cider. I always thought it was a sort of drink that students have and mix it with lager, and they call it a snake bite, and they get very drunk very quickly, very cheaply, because students are peasants. 
They're all on drugs. You know what they're like. They do the drugs, they do the cheap drinks, and they happen to like snake bites. So anyway, so we go to this pub because this friend of mine said he'd been there before and it was lovely and the food was nice and all the rest. So we go there. And it's not very busy, and it's it's very pleasant inside. It's lovely, star-free, young, very enthusiastic. And so um, I said, I, I quite fancy one of those cans of drinks, which is orange, or they do a lemon one or something else. And it's called, is it San Pellegrino? Because I'd never, ha- I'd never had one of those till earlier on in the year, and I loved it so much. And then somebody said, it's full of sugar, and I went, I don't care, I really loved it. And it wasn't alcohol, so that was quite nice. So I said, do you have one of those? And she didn't. And she said, we've got this thing here. My friend was having um, this, what's it called? It's c- Cordelig. Icordelig. Recordelig. And what it is, this was a pear cider with strawberry and, and lime in it. And he said, have one of these. So I thought, all right. He said, it's only 4%. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. At all. I have no idea what he's talking about. 4%. So we get a big glass full of ice, pour it in there. And I tried it. I went, oh, that's nice. I like. I don't know how much it was. I've no idea, but it was delicious. Absolutely. And then somebody said it's four percent, which is about the equivalent of a bottle of beer. I'm not surprised. I felt a bit woozy. I had two of them, but it was delicious. Absolutely delicious. And so then we wandered into the menu, and I'll tell you exactly what I had. I had the pie of the day, which turned out to be chicken and asparagus. Not a huge pie, but just enough. Just enough. And it came with with beans, which were beautifully cooked. The pie was lovely, and I decided to get dauphinoise potatoes, which were awful. Seriously awful. They weren't very hot. They were. It was as if somebody had slopped some potato into a thing and shoved it briefly in. It really wasn't very good at all. So anyway, but you know, I, I kind of put up with that. And then I thought, because I've only had one course, I'll have um, I'll have a pudding. And in light of Phil Vickery, who did a, a thing the other day, which was a um, a what's it? And um, um, what was he? What did he make? Blackberry and apple crumble. And they had apple and plum crumble. And I thought, well, that sounded quite nice. Horrible. I mean, really, the, the, the actual... If you're going to do plums, you've got to cut them so that they're the right sort of size. These weren't cut properly at all. It's very bad. Lukewarm. And it came with a little jug of cream, which was the saving grace. So I was a bit disappointed in the puddings, because I should have had the... Um, the cherries in Kirsch, which sounded quite nice. And uh, I forget what, what my friend had. But anyway, so it was 60 quid for two of us, including the, the drinks and everything else. So I thought it was OK, actually, for pub. So it was fine, but don't have the Dauphinoise potatoes because they were rubbish. Absolute rubbish. They really weren't good. It was almost, I felt like doing a Gordon Ramsay, going to the kitchen and going, how are you cooking these? They're lukewarm. It's really bad. It's supposed to be a bit hot. And the, and the pudding... Yes, I could do a Michael Winner, couldn't I? But I quite liked the pub. It was quite pleasant, and the weather was just right. And um, and uh, what else wasn't right? There was something else that wasn't right. No, it was all fine, actually. Oh, the, the crumble was lukewarm, which wasn't good. You know, it should be hot. It's a hot pudding. But uh, cut the plums a bit smaller next time, please, chef. Otherwise, you know, I shan't be going there again. You know, and I tweeted at the same time. They had their own Wi-Fi, but they didn't twig to it, which was good. Uh, Kristen says, uh, if there was a job where you sit in the back of the lorry with a paintball gun, I'll do it. When we were going to the cricketers yesterday, we passed a paintball range. And a friend of mine said, should we go and do paintballing? I looked at him and said, are you completely mad? Do I look like the sort of person who wants to do paintballing? Well, of course I'm not. I don't do paintballing. But I want to sit in the back of a truck. Actually, originally... It was a 12-bore shotgun. But I thought, no, if I actually make it a paintball gun, because apparently it hurts. These little pellets, you know, ow! Hurts, hurts, hurts. I mean, you couldn't go doing it with Roxanne Pallet. She'd have you in court! 
Dave O'Brien, he's very good at playing. But do you know that he actually his, I think it was his, I think it was his wife who invented a paintball colour, blood red. And um, so because you can't tell the difference, you know, when you start bleeding and all that. I've never done it. It's never interested me. It's like you know they do that one where you're in a pitch dark room, and you have to go round all the different. Why would you want to do that? Quasar laser. Why would you want to do that? That's not normal, isn't it? Just give somebody a skipping... A student, isn't it? Yeah. Let's have, have a few drinks. We do quasar laser. Woo! Why don't you just give them a skipping rope? Uh, and Ian says, uh, I had a lemon San Pellegrino uh, as well yesterday. Don't worry, they've cut the sugar by 40%. And then somebody says, I thought you were going booze-free. We see... I didn't, I didn't know there was booze inside. I just thought it was squashed apples or pears or something like that. But uh, somebody says, I recommend... A chilled can of Pellegrino peach juice and iced tea. Peach juice? Oh, I love it. They do San Pellegrino peach juice, do they? I want some of that. God. Uh, Steve, the new peach juice and iced black tea, San Pellegrino, is simply delicious. Peach juice sounds delicious. And, and I'm not sure about the black tea, but there you go. And, uh, and then Rookman says, next time you go to the cricketers, try the cocktail between the sheets. Mm, I'm sure about that. I'm sure about that. It sounds lovely, though, doesn't it? The best of Steve Allen on LBC. Do you know, honestly, you get some sad people. Really sad. You know when you get really sad? Like like the people who wrote to Colleen Nolan, you know, sort of threatening all sorts of things. They're generally people who've got a sickness, a mental illness of some sort. And we've got another one now who thinks he's Brooklyn Beckham. He's actually gone to all the effort of setting up a fake account for Brooklyn Beckham, which actually I've passed on to the Beckham's uh, lawyer, because they're going to be very thrilled that you're doing things like that and leave my daddy alone. Let me just point out to you, saddo that he isn't your father, you're not Brooklyn Beckham, okay, and you've got no friends. So there you go. What is there left for you? And uh, I think I'm going to bar you, actually, little fake Brooklyn, because I think there's something, I think there's something the matter between your ears. I don't, I don't think you've got a brain. In fact, I probably, there probably isn't one running in the family, so we've, we've now barred... Now you've got no friends at all. You've got nobody to write to. Banned now, thank you. It's so easy to do, isn't it? But uh, So now they'll be sitting there going, I want to write to somebody. Because nobody listens to you, do they? They don't listen to you. And you probably don't have a job. Because if you did have, you know, I don't know what sort of job it would be. Put put the tin on the shelf and, and then take it off the shelf again. And then put the tin up on the shelf and then take it off the shelf again. But you can't respond to that, can you? Because we barred you. It's so, it always, always makes my day. My favourite line is, now you've got no friends. You know, and at your age, you kind of need friends, don't you? But there you go. That's the way it is. Oh, it's a lifetime ban. Sorry, it, it isn't just one of these, you know, you'll be sort of disappearing for two or three months. It's for the rest of your life, however long or short that may be. Leading Britain's conversation. The best of Steve Allen on LBC. Mike from Stoke says, my wife is distraught at being 40 today. Any words of comfort? You're going to die. OK? <laughs> You're 40. Why would you worry about 40? 40 is nothing. 40 is... God, that's like a child, isn't it? 40. They used to say life begins at 40. Not in your case. It's... Uh, no, seriously, it's, it's over. It's finished. You've had all the fun. Now you settle down to just being Mrs. Married Person. And, you know, and it, it is, it's the drudgery. You know, we've now got to do the washing up. And then we've got to take the dog for a walk and everything. Your life is over over so much better when you're 18 19 when you get to 40 you know people i mean i remember thinking when i was 18 19 people of 30 were really old i seriously i remember th- somebody saying do you have any friends who are sort of 30 30 30 is ancient 
Seriously, 30. I thought we saw... I didn't know anybody who... Then I got to 30. I went from 29 to being very old at 30. And I didn't like 30. And then it, it sort of... It motored through to 40. And everybody goes, oh, life begins at 40. I said, it blooming well better do. And, and then we went to 50. And anyway, but then we don't talk about it after that time. Because it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. No, I mean, there, there's no words of comfort that I could ever say to you. You know, I mean, big one next year. Oh, for me. I know. How depressed am I? God in heaven. It's awful, isn't it, really? Next year I'm going... Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I'm going to be a lot older than many of you. Yes, it's going to be 40. I get to the 40s. Woo! <laughs> it is awful. I was thinking about it the other day, because I know what'll happen. Uh, you know, my brother referred out and said, we go out for, with friends and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, they, friends of mine have started asking, are you all right? A friend of mine asked me the other day, you're right to walk from here to there. Of course I am. I'm not disabled. I could, you know, I'm moving. Admittedly, if I do see a park bench, I am prone to head for it and sit down. I like a bit of a sit down. If we walk round Regent's Park, I'll try and have two stops on the way round because it's a couple of miles. And I sort of sit down and then your feet start aching. <laughs> then you... I need to get a ramp. I know for the time. I mean, I haven't warned him yet, but, you know, there might come the time where I'm motorised and surrounded by chrome. I quite fancy that idea, actually. They'll have to put a load of uh, things in here, won't they? there have to be a big ramp? Yeah, there's a lot of stairs. Woo, can't wait. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.